ago on the subject of maturity. Maturity. How many of y'all know God wants us to grow up? All right, let me try that again. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it neither. Amen. How many of y'all know God wants us to grow up? We can't stay babies long. It's okay to be a baby when you're two months old. It's okay to do baby things when you're a baby. But God wants us to grow. God wants us to develop. God wants us to mature. And in this chapter, we learn some things that God wants us to add to our faith. Add to our faith. If you're in 2 Peter, chapter number 1, we're going to read starting in verse number, I guess, verse number 5. Verse number 5. How many of y'all have already enjoyed being in God's house today? Amen? I sure have. This is my second go-around, and uh, I enjoyed the first go-around, and I've enjoyed the second go-around. Amen. I've had uh, some of my buddies, some of my preacher buddies, ask how in the world uh, do you do it? How do you, how do you, I said, man, are you kidding me? I love it. I, I, I you know, there's times you, you preach one, one message and, and, and it just does you so good. You, man, you done, you done used it up in one go around. Amen. But now I get two times I get to share God's word and I like it. I enjoy it. Uh, if you are in second Peter chapter one, say amen. amen. The Bible says in verse number five, and beside this, talking about your salvation, trusting in Christ, you believing on Him, and beside this, giving all diligence, in other words, do the very best you can at this. You need to work hard at this. Strive to make this happen. All diligence to add to your faith virtue. And the virtue, knowledge, and the knowledge, temperance, and the temperance, patience, and the patience, what's that word? Godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, in other words, you've got a bunch of it, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, read it with me, ye shall... Say it again. Ye shall. How many of y'all would like to have the kind of godly walk and the kind of Christian life where you would never fall? Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, that, and, and the thing is, it says that it is possible. If it is in God's Word and tells you you can have it, there, this opportunity is there, it is a feasible deal. If it says it, you can have it. Say amen. And I want that, and I know you do too. And we have taken, a few weeks ago, we started through this chapter, and we took each one of those words, we took each one of those things and, 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 and broke them down. Uh, add to your faith virtue, and the virtue knowledge, and knowledge temperance, and temperance patience. And, 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 and listen, now we are on godliness. Add to your faith godliness, purity, holiness there. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for all those that are here. Lord, thank you for giving us an opportunity to come and, and learn about you and learn, uh, Lord, what's going to change our lives and make us better for you. Lord, we'll praise your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, godliness. Godliness. This is not, this is not a subject. Uh, uh, this is not a subject that is popular. Uh, this is not a subject that, that uh, modern, most modern-day preachers want to talk about because it's not something that will make people want to flock to the church to hear. It's not something uh, like prosperity or, 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 or financial wealth or health. And, and, and if, you, uh, if you watch uh, much TV uh, preachers or TV religion, uh, you'll find out that uh, most of them uh, don't even believe. They think that God saved you to make you happy. But you'll understand the more you study God's Word, God didn't save you to make you happy. God saved you to make you holy. Holy. There's many, many verses in the Bible that talk about holiness, that talk about godliness. Now, happiness is a byproduct. Thank God that when you get saved and God touches your life and He does things for you, you will be happy. Amen? Uh, uh, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And when listen, when you are holy, it brings life into you, and life brings happiness. Say amen. But there's a primary deal that we must not ignore. 
Sometimes when we preach all grace and none of God's holiness, uh, we, 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 are, we are really shortchanging ourselves in what God intended for his people to have. Now, let me take just a few moments uh, this, this morning and share just three quick things about godliness that I believe we all need to understand. Now, they're depending on your background. Depending on uh, your, if you want to say Christian heritage, your church heritage, your church background, will greatly determine how you feel about holiness or godliness or what you think godliness is. Many people come from different religious backgrounds. They come from uh, different church heritage. And, 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 and some feel that it's one way, and then some feel it's on the opposite extreme uh, another way. Some people think that, that if you have uh, wire rim glasses or if you uh, have pleats in your pants or if you wear a different colored shirt than a white shirt, then you're not holy or you're not godly. Now, that's an extreme on one end of the deal. They tell you if you don't have a dress down to the floor, if you're a lady and you don't have hair down to the floor, and if you're wearing makeup and all, then you're not godly or holy that's this extreme over here well then on the other extreme they say just anything goes it doesn't matter who you are what you are it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is it doesn't matter what your life is. god just loves you he made you that way and all's well and and, and say no that's not right either we need to have balance we need to understand, listen, we should not get our definition of holiness from uncle homer we need to get it from god's word say amen and there's some things about holiness I want you to understand. The Bible says this. The Bible says this in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 7. But refuse profane. This is, this is Paul speaking to Timothy, a young pastor in the church of Ephesus. And he was getting advice from all kind of people. I mean, he was getting advice from uh, uh, people that were telling him to do this. And, do that. and then basically old wives' tales. And you know, you need to uh, uh, put... put I, <laughs> I don't even want to go into all them things. I, putting, bacon, putting bacon on a splinter to draw the splinter out. How many of y'all have ever done that? Heard about that? Yeah, fat back, tied to... I said, man, you telling me I'm going to rot my knee off if I try that. Amen? Somebody give, me, somebody give me an old wise fable, something like that. Something that you heard before. Not everybody at one time. Anybody got one? Tell me one. <laughs> Cut potatoes a potato in quarters, rub it on the wart and bury it and the wart will go away. Okay. Uh, my, anybody heard that one? Anybody heard that one? I've never heard that one. All right. Uh, my wife, if there's a virus that goes around, uh, y'all know what viruses are. Y'all know the virus that makes things, you, you know, you, help us, Jesus. Amen. If one kid in my, in, my, in my house or anybody in my house gets a virus, she goes to the, the, the store and gets the biggest onion in the store, and I can't stand the smell of them, she'll cut that baby up and put it all over the house. I said, where is your voodoo doctor license at, child? <laughs> she said, I have heard that that onion will draw in the virus. And, 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 and I, I said, help me, help me. Has anybody ever heard that one, the, the onions on that? Listen. You say, well, they work. Some of them might work. I don't know. But this is what Paul was telling Timothy. He's saying, you're getting all this kind of stuff from all kinds of people, but this is what you need to practice. You need to forget about all kind of traditional things and wise fables and, and watch what he says. This is so important that we get this. He said, and exercise thyself rather unto what? Godliness. He said, quit worrying about all that hocus pocus and all that kind of stuff. Practice godliness. Work on, exercise, practice godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto how many things? All things. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that we'll take, uh, we'll take and, and I love Amazing Grace. It's funny, he sung that today. I mean, I love it. It'll bring tears to my eyes about every time I hear it because I love the fact that God's grace came to where I was and found me. Say amen. The psalmist said, I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my foot on a rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth. Grace did that. Grace looked beyond my fault and he saw my need. He looked beyond my problems in grace and saw my potential. Thank God for grace. 
Thank God that God's grace will forgive you when you mess up and God's grace will bring mercy in your life when you have failures in your life. But there is one thing we need to understand about grace. Grace does not teach us that, listen, we can do whatever we want to do and everything's going to be all right because He has more grace than our failures. Too many Christians are running around with that attitude and running around with that philosophy. Well, it's better to ask forgiveness than it is permission. Honey, the Bible says in this verse that grace teaches us that we are to deny ungodliness and we are to live godly right now. Say amen. Godliness. Godliness. The reason, listen, many, many lost people are not flocking to the church is because the church looks the same and acts the same and behaves the same out there as they do. Hello, where's the difference? Where's the, where's the, where's the, 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 the look, the, the opportunity? And, and, and I, I promise you, I'm not going where you think I'm going on this deal. I promise you that. I promise you that. Listen, godliness, where has it gone in America today? Godliness. When you look at them, when you look at somebody and say, boy, that's a man of God right there. And it's more, listen, you, you cannot get that term, you cannot get that term by uh, one moment in your life. You cannot get that term by one day in your life. You cannot get that term by just one act in your life. It's a lifetime of a character issue in your life where you see that God's done something in your life. I want to give you three quick things, and I want to, I want to and just please be open-minded. Do you realize your mind is like a parachute? It only works when it's open. Say amen right there. Now think about this. I want you to put back all of, all of the thing, those things you've heard because a lot of times, a lot of times, I know you don't, you don't believe this, but a lot of times some of the things you believe is more of what man has said and not necessarily what God has said. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, God gave them the, the, the Torah, the Word, the Law. Uh, we, we know that God's word came to Moses and came to the nation of Israel and God gave him his word. How many of y'all believe that? And it's called the Torah. But then when they were taken into captivity, they began to write a list of do's and don'ts. They began to write a list of regulations and responsibilities that, that they would have and they would keep to distinguish themselves and separate themselves from their captors. They did not want to live with those that had held them in captivity so long. They didn't want to live so long that they began to be and act and behave like their captors. So they began to write, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that, and this is how we're going to do this. And, and they had another book that they wrote that man wrote called the Mishnah. And here's what happened. God's Word, the Torah, and the Mishnah, they began to blend it together that one was as important as the other, don't ever put your list of commandments beside God's and say they're the same. But that's exactly what they did. And that's why when Jesus came, when Jesus came in the New Testament, and he did things to make them mad, he would do things that would go against the Mishnah, go against their list of commands and their man-made set of rules, and, and they would get mad as fire. And this is what he told them. He said, you're taking the Word of God, the Torah, and making it none effect by your tradition. And you know what's happened in America today? Listen, there are so many churches all over our country, in the backwoods of America, in the cities of America, that have gotten so many lists of rules that they have gathered over the years, so many traditions over the years, and they put that on the same level as God's Word, and then we wonder why we have problems. Grandpa said this, and Grandma said this, and this passed down. Um, uh, how many of y'all know cleanliness is next to godliness is not in the Bible? Now, does that mean you don't need to take a bath? No, take one regular. But that's not in the Bible. I had a lady come up to me and, 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 uh, at Long Branch where I used to pastor, and, and she, was, she was talking with another lady, and I mean, they was, it, was, it was getting heated. And, 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 and how many of y'all know when you're a gentleman and, and two ladies are talking se severely, seriously, you need to mind your own business and go the other way? I've learned that, Amen. Well, I was walking by, and I really wasn't trying to get... Hey, preacher, preacher, come here. Come, preacher, come here. Would you come here a minute? I said, okay. And I walked over there, and, uh, and minding my own business, and, and calm and, and adorable as I am. I don't know what happened, but I got in there, and, 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 and she said, Preacher, tell, this, tell, tell her that, 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 that God's going to have more people go to heaven than go to hell, even if he's got to turn the rocks and trees into children. I said, huh? 
You know, take her to that place in the Bible. You know, show her that place in the Bible where it says that God's going to have more people to go to heaven than go to hell, even if he's got to turn to rocks and trees into children. And I'm like, ma'am, that's not in the Bible. I mean, she went to, what? She was mad. I said, ma'am, that's not in the Bible. The Bible says straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction, and many there that goes there. And then it's, I said, ma'am, what the Bible does say that, you know, when Jesus was marching into Jerusalem and, and they were crying out Hosanna to the king and praise to the king, uh, that, that, that he said, they told him, man, make these people be quiet. And he told them, well, if they was to be quiet, the rocks and the trees would cry out and they would begin to worship and praise. I said, that's all the Bible says. Well, no, uh, I, I said, where'd you get that? That's what my mama said. I thought, oh. How many of y'all have ever said something out of your mouth before your brain engaged in the gear. I said, well, your mama was wrong. Why did I say that? You, what happened? Her Mishnah was conflicting with God's word. Now, here's the deal. Godliness. There's some things I want you to know. Three things, quick things. I mean, short things. I'm, I'm hungry. Say amen. It's going to be quick right here. Number one, number one, write this down. I want you to see this. Number one, I want you to see the mandate to godliness. The mandate. This is not an option. When you get saved, when you trust in Christ as your personal Savior, you no longer belong to yourself anymore. You belong to Him. He bought you with the price. He paid for you with His blood. You belong to Him. And this mandate, the word mandate means a command, a call, a command. He has commanded us to be holy. Watch this. The Bible says in, 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 in 1 Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversations, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now watch this. We see two things. We see two things under this mandate. Number one, or A, we see a source of this mandate. Where did this mandate come from? It did not come from a preacher. It did not come from a deacon. It did not come from a seminary somewhere. It did not come from some denominational guideline. It did not come from anything man-made. It came from God, your Father. Say amen. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. It's amazing to me, it's amazing to me the people that want to get mad at the preacher when they just tell you what God said. Now, if he, can't, if he doesn't have scripture for what he says, if he doesn't have Bible for what he says, man, rock on, be all mad you want to be, uh, because he don't need to give you his opinion, he needs to give you God's word. But if he has God's word, and he has, thus saith the Lord, and he has chapter and verse for what he's trying to tell you, then you're getting mad at the wrong person. How many of y'all have a mailman? Anybody have a mailman? Send, send you mail? Right, come on, raise your hand, you get mail? Y'all ain't never got mail before? How many of y'all have ever got a bill before? How many of y'all ever got one of them ungodly bills before? Raise your hand. Anybody ever got hate mail before? You know you're preaching when you start to get hate mail. I'm telling you. I got some hate mail last week. And you know what I did? I didn't take out. I got a Ruger M77 308. I can shoot a gnat right in his behind sitting on the back of a dog. Say amen right there. I can do I'm telling you, I can pick him off. Of that. It's an unbelievable gun. It's an awesome gun. My dad gave it to me. It's incredible. I don't get that thing out, sit on the front porch, and wait for the mailman to come. I mean, he brought me, he brought me hate mail. He brought me bills. What's the, what, what, how dare him bring? You go ahead and put, open up my. You say, well, that's foolish. Then why are you getting it demanded delivering the message coming from God? It blows my mind every time I hear people gripe and complain about what's being said at church. What else are you going to hear at church but what God says? I mean, really, why do we go to church if we don't go to hear what God has to say? This is not the Moose Club. This is not the Lions Club. Uh, we're not at the ballpark. We're not, we're not even at the grocery store. We're at church. Isn't that what we're supposed to hear is God's word from the house of God? This mandate came from God. Be ye holy, for I am holy. I am holy. I want you to be holy. Listen, I don't want you to be holy just so you can say you're holy. And we don't need to be holier than thou. Are y'all with me right there? 
It's not about being holier than thou. Why does He want us to be holy? Because God chooses to have a relationship with you. And He wants to walk with you and talk with you. But the Bible says in 1 John chapter number 1, if we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth because God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. And we know that if He's in the light and you're in the dark, y'all can't get together on the deal. I need a witness. He ain't even going to walk in the shade. Amen? That's why he says, I want you to be holy because I'm holy. And if you're holy, I'm holy. We can walk together. We can have great fellowship. We can have an awesome relationship together. And I'm telling you, it will be wonderful. But we fail to see that. This mandate, the source of this mandate is coming from God. Then B, the scope of this mandate. What does this entail? What does this entail? Preacher, what, what, okay, all right, I get it, I get it. We need to be holy. I know we need to be godly and all that kind of stuff. What areas of our life, what areas of our life do we need to be godly in? How many people, how many people do you know, they have, they have their, they have their life segregated. They have, okay, this is the church me. This is the church person. This is the home person. And this is the work person. Y'all don't get it. This is the work person. This is the home person, and this is the this is the church person, because see, uh, we we we're we're like we're we're we're, we're like multi we're, we're we're multi. What's that when you got personalities, multiple personalities? We'll act one way at church, we'll act another way at home, and then we'll act another way at, at, at work. Uh, am, am I getting anywhere? Now I'll blame. I'll blame a lot of that on preachers. I'll blame a lot of that on preachers because over the years we have fed, we have fed wrong information and we have fed wrong theology to most folks that go to church. Listen, here's what we'll say. We'll say this, bless God when you come in here, you walk silently. Some of you take off your shoes, this is holy ground. When you come onto this property, bless God, this is the house of God, this is the sanctuary of God, this is where we come to meet with God. We go to meet God in this place. Really? Is that true? You know what my Bible says? My Bible says this. Moses went in the wilderness. See, it's getting quiet here because we're really getting on people's... My Bible tells me that Moses went in the wilderness. He's out in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking about out in the middle where lizards live. And he's out there in the middle of the wilderness, and here's that, here's that bush that's burning. It's on fire, and he goes over that bush. I mean, I mean, he's, he's there, bush is burning. There's lizards over here. There's rocks and pebbles and dirt and everything. We're out in the middle of a desert. We're out in the middle of a wilderness area. And this is what God says, take off your shoe because this is holy ground. He wasn't in a church. He wasn't in a tabernacle. He wasn't in a building. He wasn't in a synagogue. He wasn't near the altar. He wasn't on the platform. Are y'all with me? He was in the desert. He was in the middle of nowhere. But something made that ground holy. And what made that ground holy was the presence of God. I'm talking about it wasn't the lizards. It wasn't the rock. It wasn't the dirt. It wasn't even that bush. It was on fire. It was the presence of God that made it holy. I'm going somewhere. And this is, what, this is what's happened in America. This is what's happened in America. With that kind of talk and that kind of preaching and that kind of teaching that we come here to meet with God. We come here to meet with God. This is holy, and we'll do this. We'll, uh, I used to do this. This is, this is so stupid. But I was, I, and I guess it was just, just whatever, I, whatever it is. I'd, I'd be listening to a country station. I'd be listening to a country station. And I'm going to just tell on me, because I know y'all are all holy, and y'all just don't bother y'all. But I, I was listening to a country station. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, George Strait or, or Merle Haggard or, 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 or Hank Williams Jr. sometimes when I really felt center. <laughs> and I was going down the road, and, and I, I've done this. I'm telling you, on 157, I've done this. And, I, and I, I'm going, and I, me and Hank's getting it on. Are y'all with me? I can't, I'm sorry. I've repented, and I've, I've, you know, I've thrown them CDs out. And, and I, I was going down the road, and, and, and come up, and I'd see the church sign. Get on past the church and well, all my exes live in Texas. You said that's the most ignorant thing. I know it. But I did it. Because in my mentality, in my understanding, this was holy. This was where God was. And in my stupidity, I didn't realize he was sitting in the car beside me. 
You got proof? I do have proof. The Bible says he no longer deals and dwells in tabernacles and temples. He dwells in your heart. See, God, listen, you don't, you don't come here to meet with God. You bring him with you. Oh. You mean to tell me he heard what I said on the way here? Yeah. He sure did. Let me explain it this way even more. Had a lady come to church. Had a lady come to church. She had to drop off something at the church. It was out in that foyer right there. And, and, the, and the door was shut. And she came to the door. And she came to and wouldn't come in. I said, come on in. Come on. I said, no, come show no, get in. No, no, no. And 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 she, she had a she had a pair of blue jeans on and and you know a sweat shirt or something like that and and uh, and, and she I'm not dressed right to come in there. I'm like And then it dawned on me. Now this is what this mentality in, in, in this mentality, and I'm not picking on nobody. I'm not picking on nobody's conscience, convictions, or whatever. I'm just trying to state what truth is. What she's saying is God's on the inside, and I don't have, I can be like this out here, but I can't be like that in there because God's in there. But what she don't understand is God's not in there. God's in her. You are the tabernacle. You, God goes everywhere you go. And what has happened is this mentality has creeped into Christians, and that's why, that's why we can be this at church and be this at home and do whatever we want at work and think everything's all right because we think we've left God at the church. Now let's be honest. Come on. Am I telling the truth? We'll get close to church and turn the radio station to another station. Like God didn't hear it all the way to church. We'll argue all the way to church. I mean, I mean, just going after it and everything. Pull in the parking lot. Because we want everybody to think we're Ken and Barbie. Is that real godliness? I mean, really? Are we coming to impress those that are sitting beside us? Are we coming to praise Him and worship Him? And You know what will help you to praise Him in here? Is what you're doing out there. Are y'all with me? If it's not, let me say this. If it's not appropriate in here, it's not appropriate out there. And if it's appropriate out there, it's appropriate in here. Because God don't dwell in here. He dwells in you. If I was to get everybody in this room together and we was to pile up in a car, it'd be a big one, amen? But if we did that and we went down to the river... And we got down by the river, we all gathered together, and we started singing and praising God, and we started worshiping Him. You know what the Bible says? Where two or three are gathered in my name, He's going to be right in the midst of That all of a sudden becomes holy ground. But see, if it's just holy in this room, we can act something out there that we don't act in here because we leave God in here when we go home. But according to the Word of God, you don't leave Him. He goes with you. You're the tabernacle now. How many of y'all, does that make sense? Now watch this, number two. The mandate to godliness. Number two, write this down quickly. Write this down. We see the misconception to godliness. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of this in America today. There's a lot of this in Baptist churches today. Misconception means I thought it meant this, but it really means this. A misconception is an understanding that's not true. What, is, what misconception is there to godliness? Well, the first thing I see... The first thing I see, and especially with the, with the Pharisees and, 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 and Jesus' day, and we have it right today the same way, there's the misconception of, what's that word? Appearance. Watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, uh, help me, uh, give me that verse, uh, the form of godliness. I wrote it down wrong on my paper. What's that? What's that uh, it's in, yeah, 2 Timothy 3, 5. Having a, say that word with me, having a, Form of godliness. The word form means appearance. In other words, you can have the appearance of godliness, but not be godly. Watch this. Watch what he said to the Pharisees. Watch what he said to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23. Woe unto you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye are like whited sepulchres. In other words, like tombs. Whited tombs that look real pretty on the outside. They're, they're sculptured and they're marble on the outside. They're, they're whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones 
And of all uncleanness, even so, watch this, even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Boy, we've got some people that can look to look. But see, the, the only problem with that is, is God looks beyond the surface all the way to the heart. Brother Jalen, come up here a minute, if you don't mind. He's doing a great job with the music, isn't he? Man, that's awesome. Come, come right over here. Yeah, come right over here. That's my buddy. Listen, there's probably, probably not a person in this building that loves Jesus as much as Jalen right now. I'm talking about right now. He, he loves God, worships, loves to worship, loves to sing about God. Loves to help. He's been a blessing to me. Anything I've ever asked him to do, he's been there. And in and, and, and whatever way he can help, he's been there to help me. Loves Jesus. Loves Jesus. And, and see what happened this morning. Uh, uh, I called him. I called him uh, uh, this morning. And before I say what I said, uh, uh, you know what else happened? Uh, there, was, there, was some of you, there was some of you that came in this morning and you got offended. And the reason you got offended is because he didn't look like me. Where's his tie at? What's he doing up on that platform? He ain't even got a coat on. What kind of weird shoes is he wearing? <laughs> Bless God, that's ungodly. Now, don't, don't, don't go looking at the floor. We know who you are then. We ain't having devotion. Look up this way. Got upset. Because appearance was not what you thought it would be. What does the Bible say about appearance? Coming to God's house or anywhere you go. Anywhere you go. God's house, anywhere you go. It should be of modest apparel. I told him, I said, I want you to dress as simple. I called him this morning. I said, Jalen, I want you to dress as simple as you can be. Just as simple as possible, but dress modest. Because modest is godly. What is modest? Not drawing attention to yourself. And while I'm on it, let me just say this, because summer's coming. And, and we need, let me, let me, I could be real mean right here. I grew, up, I grew up in an atmosphere, Dad, you know, he's been in, in conferences and meetings where they just call names and just be mean-spirited about this dress thing, and they would call people names and all kind of stuff. Let me, let me be real spiritual about this deal. The Bible says God will not share, listen, uh, he will share his home, he will share his love, he will share his mercy, he will share his son, he will share his forgiveness. He shares everything but his glory. And when we come to this house, we come to give Him glory. Are you with me? We come to give Him glory. We come to give Him the attention. Who deserves and needs to get all the attention? Not the singers, not the musicians, not the preacher, not anybody but Him. All attention goes to Him. And if you come to this house and you're wearing stuff that's drawing attention to you and pulling attention away from Him and drawing it to you, that is ungodly. See, I can be nice with this and we can be civil with this and we can be spiritual with this. Because if all the focus and attention of people in this room is toward you because of how you're dressed and what you look like, you're taking glory away from Him, you're taking attention away from Him, and that, my friend, is ungodly. Godliness is not about a style of dress. It's not about a style of dress. And a lot of times in America, we've made it that. We've made it that. And we say, we say that we don't, you know, if you, if you don't have, look like this or look like that, then you're not godly. The Bible says they had it perfect on the outside. They looked just, I mean, you would look at them and you think, boy, them people are right with God. Them people love God. And the Bible says they were hell itself on the inside. You know why? Because the misconception of godliness, it's not all about appearance. It's not all about the outside. But some of y'all was upset because he didn't look like me. Oh, why didn't he have that coat on? Why didn't he have that time? I think he ought to look like you. And you know what? People can say that. And you can look at me and you can say, well, preacher, you look godly. I've had people, I've had people send me notes. Send me notes on Facebook and I, we appreciate your standing. We appreciate you respecting God's house and you looking like that. And basically what they're saying is that I think you've got to look like this to be godly. I don't do that. I don't say you have to look like I like doing this. 
I enjoy wearing this, and I, I like it. it I, I'm, and I'm not saying you have to or you don't have to. You do what you feel God is leading. That's wonderful. That's fine. But don't prejudge somebody because they ain't got it on. Because, see, you don't know what's underneath the surface. You say, but, preacher, you look good on the outside. I still think, really? Is that a fact? What happened to you? I just got out of a deacon's meeting. And we only got one. Can you imagine we had two? No, not really. What really happened is she said, shut up. And I thought she said, stand up. And whoo. I know this is humorous. It wasn't real funny when we were doing this with Tammy. She didn't appreciate this too much. But here's the deal. There's so many people in this building that's coming. You look great on the outside. But if we could peel back the layers, you're all tore up on the inside. We'll come and we'll look like Ken and Barbie. We'll look like we got it all together. And we want everybody else to think that we're with God right here. And we go home with struggles like never before. Appearances can be deceiving. Are y'all with me? The Bible says, thank you, Doc. Give Brother Jalen a hand. Amen. <laughs> Listen. Oh, but preacher, I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard this saying, bless God, I talk right, and I walk right, and I spit white. I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't run with those that do. I, 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 uh. You know what Jesus had to say about that? If you read in Matthew chapter 5, I dare you to read Matthew chapter 5. Jesus says, you have heard this. You have heard thou shalt not kill. But I'm here to tell you, if you are angry with your brother without cause, you're guilty of murder already in your heart. Jesus said this, you have heard, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I'm here to tell you that, men, if you're looking at women to lust after them in your heart, you've committed adultery in your heart already. And he goes on to say this, if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. You know why? Because he knows that that leads to adultery faster than anything. With your eyes and your hands, you'll get in trouble. He says, be careful. It's not just about, you say, well, preacher, I tell you, I've done, not done this, and I've not done that, and I've got this, listen, I've, I've got all of my T's crossed, and all of my I's dotted, and, and, but God says, well, what about your heart? You don't have to commit adultery to be adulterous. There's a misconception of activity. There's a misconception that if I go to church every time the doors are open, if I give my money in the offering, if I, if I, if I come to visitation or if I, if I teach a Sunday school class, and then I've done my quota and I've done my part and then I can go out and be whatever and, and, and everything. Because Jesus said, no. Godliness is more than a surface. Godliness goes all the way to the, say it with me, heart. I don't care what you look like in here. doesn't matter. And it don't matter what you are here. What are you when nobody's watching? What are you when nobody's around? Are y'all with me? God wants godliness not just here. He wants it in the workplace. He wants you to be honest in the workplace. He wants you to be godly in the workplace. Some of you will treat your wife real nice here at church because everybody's watching you. You want them to think you're somebody. And then you go home and be mean as the devil. Shame on you. Some of you wives will be real submissive and nice here. And then you go home and you'll nag him to death. Shame on you. If we're going to be godly, let's just be godly everywhere. The Bible says be holy in all manner of conversation. The word conversation means behavior wherever you're at. Miss Sheila, Miss Sheila, 
There's a, there's a gentleman that you, me and you have discussed and talked about that's supposed to be one thing at that market. Am I telling the truth? And, and everybody else knows he's supposed to be this one thing because he's claiming this one thing, but he's acting a totally different way and everybody else sees it. What's that doing for the cause of Christ? It's making it awful hard on you, isn't it? You know why? Because he thinks he can go to church and he can be, be Johnny B. Good right here and then he can go to work and be something totally else, totally different, because he has this idea, I left God at that building, and I can do what I want now. That's not godliness. Godliness is everywhere you go. I want to please God in how I talk. I want to please God in how I behave. I want everybody to see. When they see me, do they see God? Do they see God? One of the most convicting things, one of the most convicting things that I've ever heard and it's funny. It was funny. I laughed at first, but then it just, I mean, I'm talking about I got cold chills on the inside of me. We had a young lady that used to sit right over there on that side over there. And uh, she was about that big. And she looked like Shirley Temple. How many of y'all have ever seen Shirley Temple? On curly hair and everything. I promise you the spitting image of Shirley Temple. After a service one Sunday, after a service one Sunday, she, she pulled on her dad's shirt and she sat and pointing up at here at me. She says, can I go talk to God just a minute? And I thought that was the funniest thing. God, see, she heard me preach in this authoritative position and figure, and she, she thought that was God up there. And then God began to say, hey. Do y'all realize the only God some of you co-workers see is you? Let me ask you a question. What are they seeing? It's easy to be godly in here. It's easy to raise our hand and worship in here, and it's easy not to cuss in here. But what about when somebody pulls you over in, in the highway, cuts you off on the interstate? I need a witness. It's bad when you got a bird sign in the window and a fish sign on the bumper. Say amen right there. You don't need no riding around zoo with you. Say amen. The fish is plenty. Honest to God, I, I, I seen a sticker. I said, honest to God, this, I'm not making, some of y'all think I make this stuff up, but I'm telling you, I don't. I was, I was coon hunting with Brother Craig Edwards in South Carolina. We was at a revival meeting up there, and after the church service was over, and we, was, we had gone behind the property of this people's place, and it was on an old ranger pickup, and on one side, it said, Jesus saves. Coolest sticker you ever saw. You had a little fish sign, said, Jesus saves on this side of the bumper. On this side of the bumper, it said, keep honking, I'm reloading. How many of y'all have ever seen that sticker? Keep honking, I'm reloading. In other words, I'm reloading my gun because you're fixing to get it over here. Jesus saves, but keep honking, I'm reloading. Amen. And we wonder why Christianity's dying. Godliness. Since we are enjoying this message so much, let us come to a conclusion. Number three. Number three. Lord, we ain't never going to break that record, are we? Amen. You won't see him on TV preaching this garbage. That, and I say garbage, I mean this. It's, it's prosperity, it's health, it's everything's all right. God's happy with you. You can just, it's just, let's just love one another. But you know, it's way more than that. We need to get the whole Bible. Yes, God is love, but God is holy. Holy. Number three. Tell me number one again, quickly, quickly. Number one. Say it with me real loud. We see the... Number two, we see the... Number three. I want you to write this down quickly and we'll, we'll be done. I want you to see the ministry of godliness. Well, if I'm going to be godly, what's it going to do for me? Why should I be godly? Well, first thing is, it produces peace. Godliness produces peace. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. In, in Proverbs 28.1, it says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a... You know what? When you're... 
when you're, uh, uh, you got issues going on and you're doing wrong things, you know what you're always doing? You ever seen them real jumpy people? My wife, I have the most fun with my wife. Especially when she's vacuuming in here. Because when she's vacuuming in here, when she's vacuuming in here, she can't hear nothing because that vacuum's so loud. And, and, and I'll see that she's vacuuming and looking the other way, and I'll sneak up on her. And when I sneak up on and, and, and she's vacuuming, going, and I'll just touch her on the shoulder or touch her on the side or something like that, and she'll jump three pews over and scream like a banshee Indian. I'm talking, wah! I said, you need to get the sin out of your life. Why are you, why are you so jumpy? You know, and, and, and that's why I'm running the other direction. But you know, when people got issues, they're always... I told I told I was down at... Matter of fact, I got to go down this week and preach in Jacksonville. And I was with Brother McCormick and, and Brother Derek and them. And, and they, they do that, that team roping. How many of y'all have ever seen that? Where they, where they rope steers and, 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 and well, he had some of his cowboy buddies with him. I'm talking about big old boys and knuckles dragging the ground. I mean, these guys are huge. I mean, they jump off of horses and wrestle steers down to the ground and tie them up mean and rough and everything I'm not. We was in the truck. We was in the truck. And uh, we was going, it was after church, and, and, and this is it, I'm done, I, this is right here. Uh, 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 we were going to, out to eat, and, and this old boy, the, the biggest one, he was on the phone, and he was, man, he was sugar baby. I mean, it was love dripping off of his lip. I mean, he was talking to his honey like you ain't never seen. I mean, going after it. I said, man, look at that. Because everybody ought to have a sugar baby. Say amen right there. Well, he hung up, and then we just kept on driving. Well, the phone rang again, and here he goes again. And, but this time, he said a different name. And, and we all heard it. I mean, Mother McCormick and Derek and everybody. And Derek went to snickering. <laughs> he said, boy, you're going to be... He hung up the phone, and he said, boy, you're going to be in trouble. Now, how many of you... I said it earlier, but how many of you really... I mean, really mean... You said stuff that come out before you really thought about what you said. Well, I can't help it. I guess it's the preacher in me. Stuff just comes out of me sometimes, and I can't get it back in time. And, and, and when Derek said that, uh, boy, you better be careful. I said, yeah, if you're going to be a liar, you better have a good memory. And I thought, oh. He's going to run me down with a horse and tie me up. You know? I mean, this is a big redneck. I mean, he's as big as a gorilla. And I said, boy, if you... If you're going to lie like that, you better have a good memory. And he just, I said, Lord Jesus, please let him have a, have a good sense of humor in Jesus' name. Please, amen, hallelujah. But you know, isn't that the truth? You tell a lie, you've got to tell another one to back that lie up. Then you've got to tell another But be sure your sin will find you out. How many of y'all had parents that whooped you? So you were born before Ridlin. Are y'all with me? I was. I was born before Ridland, ADD, ACD. I had all them letters, every one of them. He, Dad had Ridland. It was called a leather belt about this long. He would whip that thing like, like what's that guy on, on Raiders of the Lost Ark? Indiana Jones. Buddy, he could do that belt. I mean, it just. And if I had a bad report card, oh, God in heaven, we would beseech the Lord and fast and pray and beg God in the rapture to take place at any moment. Lord, in the last chapter of the Bible, you said, Behold, I come quickly. Three times you said it. Lord, please be obedient to your word and come quickly before I get home. <laughs> I never had restriction in my life. I've never had time out, never in my life. The only time out we had is when they had time out and he quit whooping me and mom started whooping me. That's the only time out we ever seen. But you know what? When I had a good report card, no problems. No pressure, no anxiety. I was kind of looking forward to getting home. I had peace. You know why some of us are so wigged up all the time, stressed out to the max? You might got some things in your life don't need to be there. Because, see, the wicked flees when no man pursues. You're always on the run. Nobody's even chasing you. You're worried about somebody going to get you. But the righteous are bold as a lion. We're not worried about nothing. We have... Peace.
peace. Righteousness, godliness will produce peace in your life. Not only that, but it'll produce power. Power in your life. How many of y'all know in the day we're living in right now, we need the power of God in our life? Dr. David Gibbs, Dr. David Gibbs is a, he's a, he's a lawyer, uh, but he's a speaker, he's a preacher. And man, unbelievable preacher. This dude can preach. I mean, you sit there and listen to him, and, and I mean, he's just awesome. And I was listening to one of his messages this week on having the power of God. And, and, and he said that Dr. Lester Roloff, some of you might in here know him, you might not, uh, uh, did a, had a children's home and, a, and a, a, a women's home and a men's home in Texas. And, and the government tried to shut them down billions of times, and they would have to go to court. And, and, and I'm talking about, I think they even went all the way to the Supreme Court with this deal. It was just unbelievable what they had to go through, fighting the state, fighting the federal government, fighting all the lawyers that they had. And, and, and they had a big case. They had a big case the next morning. And he said that Dr. Roloff called him at 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning said, you awake? He said, yeah, I've just been sitting here waiting on you to call me. He said, well, come on down here. And uh, he got to his room and walked in the room. And he said this. This is, this is a preacher telling a really... Kind of big-time lawyer. He said, now I want you to go get in that corner right there, and I want you to get clean. He said, do what? He said, I want you to go in that corner right over there, and I want you to get right with God. I want you to confess anything that's there. He said, I want you to get clean. He said, I'm going to get in this corner over here, and we're going to pray that God would clear us, clean us, get us right with him so we could have the power of God. He said this. He said, where we're going to go this morning, he said, where we're going to go today, we have, we have not one chance in this world to beat them. They've got more money. They've got more ability. They've got more contacts. They've got everything that we don't have. We don't stand a chance against what we're fighting today in that courtroom. He said, but let me tell you something. They don't stand a chance against the God that we serve. And he said, if we have the power of God on us when we go in there, they don't stand a chance. But we will not have the power of God on us if we have things in our life that don't need to be there. He said, you get in that corner and get clean, and I'm going to get in this corner and get clean. And you know what we need to do in America? God's children need to get clean. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's one of the reasons we're having communion tonight. Communion is a time of reflection. It's a time where you can look back if there's anything in between you and God. You can make that right before you take that communion, before you take part of what God has provided. Listen, America needs to get clean. But it's never going to get clean until America's churches get clean. And we need to get back to old-fashioned godliness and holiness. Church, say amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll help us right now. Help us to get clean. Help us to get clean. Lord, I pray we're never going to have peace till we get clean. We're never going to have your touch and your power till we get clean. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name right now, as every head's bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. I need the power of God in my life so my prayers will be answered. Listen, and don't think, don't think you're the only one that struggles with this, this topic. Don't think you're the only one with a problem with righteousness and holiness. Listen, I, I'm coming to tell you now, God wants to help you. But you got to get clean. You got to get clean. You've got to come and give that to him and confess that to him. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What are you hiding from? What does your wife not even know about? What does your husband not even know? Your, your children don't even know about what you're struggling every day. Won't you come give that to God? It may be a habit. It may be an addiction. It may be something. That you, it just may be a grudge that you need to set aside. I wonder how many church members right now, we ain't going to wait till tonight. We're not even going to wait till communion. We're just going to come get clean right here. I'm going to pray for me, and I want to pray for you. How many of y'all want me to pray for you? Come on down. Let's get around this altar, and let's do what uh, uh, Brother Roloff told uh, uh, Brother Gibbs to do. Get in that corner, and let's get clean. Let's bring God and tell him whatever issue we're struggling with, come give it to him right now. Just find a place in this altar.
There ain't nobody in here perfect. There's nobody in here without issues. Come on. Let's find a place and let's just get clean. Our children are going to need our prayers. Our children are going to need our help. This country needs power back in churches so that we can turn it around. But we'll never have God's power until we get clean. That's it. Come on. Come on. Let's just tell God about it. Let's give Him our issues. Let's give Him our weaknesses. Let's give Him those things we struggle with. Say, God, help us meet our needs. Father, in Jesus' name, please be with everybody at this altar. Lord, I pray that you'll touch them right now. God, I pray as, as they came to bring their burdens, came to bring their weaknesses, Lord, they came to bring their habits, their, or whatever it is that they struggle with, Lord, they're laying it to this altar, giving it to you. Father, I pray right now that you'll do what your word says and wash our sin away. Purge our conscience from dead works that we may serve a living God. I pray in Jesus' name right now that you'll please just move through this crowd, Lord, I pray. I pray that you'll clear our conscience, clear our heart. Lord, touch us and let us know, Lord, that we are clean and we, we can come freely before you. We have liberty. God, we don't have to be afraid. God, we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to keep looking over our shoulder. We don't have to keep worrying. Uh, Lord, we don't have to run when no man pursues. We can be bold as a lion with godliness in our heart. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll please be with everybody that's here. Lord, there might be somebody here that's lost, doesn't know you as their personal Savior. And they don't have peace in their heart right now because they don't know you. Lord, let them come as we, as we sing in just a moment, Lord, as the altar workers are down here at the front. Lord, I pray that you'll let them come and let us take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Lord, and they'll experience a peace like they've never known before. God, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. You pray as long as you need to pray. Go ahead, son. Please forgive me. Everybody stand. I need you. Say, preacher, I need some help. Well, come on. Come on. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to ask God to touch you and give you what you stand in need Say, preacher, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Well, come on. Come on, we'll take a Bible and show you how to be saved. All you got to do is come. Would you be willing to come? God, touch me. God, I pray, Lord, that you'll move me. somebody here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior. Lord, let them come at this verse. Lord, let this be the moment that they trust in you and believe on you with all their heart. God, they'll never truly have peace in their life till they know the Prince of Peace. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help. I pray that you'll, Lord, you'll guide and your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. As we sing this last verse, Lord, let them move. In Jesus' name, amen. Can't believe the God you need to move. of glory. God speaking to your heart. Don't don't put it off. Would take the time don't put it off if you need to come. Come like me. Would you come? But I read in the Bible that old story. How he bled for my forgiveness How while he was dying on a tree. So please forgive me. Sing it if you know. I need your grace to make it through. Lord, all I have is you. I'm at your mercy. And Lord, I will serve you until my dying day. And help others find a way. I'm at your mercy.
Listen, don't forget all the activities at, at 4.30 to 6. And then uh, 6.30, we're going to be having communion right here in the auditorium. So please come back and be a part of that. And uh, as we just remember uh, and, and celebrate what Jesus did so we could be free. How many are glad for salvation? Amen. Amen. He did it for you. Now let me say this. We always do this. Uh, if you were here today... And you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, but this crowd kind of got you nervous and you didn't want to come for it. That's fine. That ain't no problem. If you'll wait till everybody gets out, all these folks down here at the front be glad to hang out for just a few minutes and they'll take their Bible and show you how to be saved. Miss Diane had that opportunity uh, a couple weeks ago and we had one saved in the, in the Common Grounds area last week. Hey, you don't have to be in this service. You don't have to be at this altar. Wherever you see and you know God's dealing with you, you just get with one of us and we'll be glad to help you. Amen, church? Amen. All right. Brother Jalen, would you dismiss us? And uh, if you're a first-time attender, I'd love to get to meet you. And we've got an area, a little fellowship area right outside this hallway. And if you'll go out that white door or the brown door and just keep hanging the left, you'll see me over there, and I'd love to get to meet you today. All right? Brother Jalen, you dismiss us in prayer. Let us pray this morning. God, we want to thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in your house one more time. God, I pray we'd take this message, Lord, that the um, preacher has shared with us today. God, we know that you've laid it on his heart, God. You impressed it on him, Lord, to preach today about, Lord, this, this what we needed, God, in, uh, in the times we're living in. God, I pray we'll take this, Lord, to share it with our, our friends, our family, our co-workers. God, I pray you would bring us all back safe, Lord, this afternoon. God, I pray that, God, you would keep us all safe, God. Lord, just let us realize, God, that it's all about you, God. It's all about leading ones to you, God, and just telling everyone, Lord, about what you've done for us. God, we love you. We thank you for each one that was here today. And all this we ask in your sweet and precious name. Amen.